0: Hey folks, this is Clayton Collins, CEO at HW Media, your host for the Housing News Podcast. And today I have one of my favorite guests. I've done a lot of content with over the years. We've done a lot of Facebook videos. We've done a lot of video interviews on his platform and ours. We've done a couple podcasts. Today's guest is Dave Savage. Dave Savage is the chief innovation officer at Trust Engine and the co-founder of Mortgage Coach. I know he's a familiar name to many of you, but this will be a different conversation. I'm sure you've consumed some of his content. and I wanted to make sure that we brought a fresh face and a new angle and a new side of Dave's expertise to you. Today, we talk about some current market dynamics. We talk about how some new loan officers don't get it and how the seasoned ones forgot it. That is a great phrase that I think Dave initially shared on a podcast with Tim Brahim. We go into dissecting the modern sales process and building trust and the type of information that loan originators should share at different points in the loan origination process. We all know that education attracts and that sharing information and economic information helps borrowers better understand the housing economy. But there's also language and information that's just too much. In this conversation with Dave, I got really energized and finished recording and kind of left the week on a high. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation and leave this podcast on a high as I did. Enjoy this conversation with Dave Savage, Chief Innovation Officer at Trust Engine. Dave, there's some guess when you have on a podcast, you have to go like scour the internet. Like who who is this gal? Who is this guy? What are they all about? Uh, when you scour the internet for for Dave Savage, there's a lot of content, man. And recently, you've been you've been on the circuit talking to a lot of different folks um, in the industry, different podcasts, different media outlets. Um, and I'm thrilled to have you on today, but. I'm gonna mix it up. We're not gonna have the same conversation about the the the, the PR press release of all the deal making you've done in the in in the last year, which has been fun to watch, to, to tell you the truth. But uh, I, I want to kind of mix it up and and learn more about Dave Savage, the man, and dig into some of the knowledge that that you have built in your years building mortgage coach. Is that does that work for you?
1: Oh, it totally works. And thank you. You guys have really helped us put a microphone on some of that news um, that we're rolling out. So grateful for that and to your whole team, Clayton. And
0: let's go wherever you want to go. I think I can share with the audience now when, when you guys rolled out the new Trust Engine brand, uh, about six weeks ago, I got, I got the chance to get the early preview seven or seven or eight weeks ago and, and get a, get a look under the hood at what this combination of, of mortgage coach and, and, uh, sales boomerang was going to be and this borrower intelligence platform that, that is Trust Engine. So we're, we'll talk a little bit about that, but I want to kind of start off as I, as I prep for the show, I did listen to some of the other Podcasts and video content that you've done in the last month, and um, two conversations really stood out. There's an, an amazing interview with you and Alex and, and Dave Licken, and then uh, an awesome conversation with you and Tim Brahim. And uh, you know, as a I've shared with the audience before, my background is an M and A deal maker. And in that conversation with Tim, you really dived into your the entrepreneurial journey of of building Mortgage Coach and different deals that. That you have been presented with over the course of your of your time operating, and um, I think some one thing that often gets forget in M and is the hard work happens after the deal is announced. So tell us about what the re- remind me of the date you closed on this acquisition with LLR Partners, and like tell us about what the experience has been like for you as a as an entrepreneur and operator, kind of fitting into a different role as a leader.
1: Yeah, you know it's 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 a deal. I mean, first of all, it was a, a deal I've worked hard on um, for a long time. You know, being the founder, co-founder of Mortgage Coach, and and there were some deals that didn't get announced that you know didn't get to the finish line. But the the date is uh, Christmas Eve. I mean, it, I'll I'll not only never forget the date because it was Christmas Eve, but I I can even picture you know the house, my wife had gone to run an errand, uh, my son, we we were in the living room and we were kind of having like. Kids over and, uh, we had the Peloton in the living room. So we had taken it out of where it usually was. He was on the Peloton and, you know, they have that closing meeting, uh, and, and boom, you know, it closed funds wired, uh, you know, within 15 to 20 minutes. And it was, it was, it was thrilling. You know, it was a a really, as an entrepreneur, it was a magical day.
0: I I think most people who have never bought or sold a company don't know, um, how kind of special yet underwhelming that closing meeting is. The first closing meeting I was part of, I was like, wait a minute. We're just getting on the phone with like 12 lawyers and they're saying, Doc one clear, doc one clear, this sign, this sign. And you're like, this is supposed to be special. Like, where's the where's the champagne? Like how, did you feel did you feel that that feeling?
1: Well, I had had expectations set with our our banker, um, you know, Dave Groves, vicaro Thank you, Dave. If you're listening to this, David, if you, if you hear this, but so I, I, knew what I was getting into, although it was, you know, I mean, the amount of money that goes through deals that's getting wired and, and how it was. But I mean, I, I thought it was really cool, you know, like, cause, cause I had some expectations set, but, but yeah, no, no one is like, Hey, great job, Dave, you know, and, you know, it, it is, it is a bunch of lawyers, investment bankers, you know, sellers, um, you know, clear, clear, fire clear you know it, it but it was fun i that was part of the memory is just how uh practical it was um but also how thrilling it was at the same time
0: yeah that, that that's funny i know every, every deal is every deal is different and uh the, the wires are are big but i've just always thought it was funny that there's not like confetti dropping from the ceilings when that <laughs> when that when that call in
1: we did some sharing at home like there was a We didn't have confetti, but there were, you know, there there was a lot of excitement.
0: (laughs) Very, very nice. Okay. So Christmas Eve, you closed and February 14th, there was a new brand rolled out 14 months later. So let's, let's talk about that, that period. And you're, you're like... Not just selling a business, but you're also combining it with sales boomerang under this, the shared new sponsor. How, how has the evolution been for you as a, as a leader, as you, um, or at least what it sounds like get to spend more time on the stuff that gets you most excited?
1: Yeah. So, so we, we definitely knew that we were the, the, the synergies of having LLR, you know, having a great capital partner who also has a lot of strategic value, but merging the companies was, you know, was part of the thesis of the deal. Uh, now, how fast we would move them, you know, would we kind of have, you know, two companies operating as separate brands in the industry and not come up with trust engine? And by the way, the word trust engine, those had not come together and whether or not we would operate under another company or not, you know, those things hadn't been decided. So, um, you know, what we did know is that we, we had the leading platform of data. In mortgage and housing, we had the leading presentation. And we do think, you know, in this digital age shift, you know, uh, I think we came up with the sweetest thing, you know, peanut butter and chocolate, you know, being like this really special technology platform. and But that that was it. It was conceptually that. And then, you know, as we started digging in, you know, we're like, oh, efficiencies. Of course, we're going to integrate um, people, HR, and accounting. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. And, and then, well, sales, sorta, of, but let's, maybe we should have a mortgage coach specialty sales group in a boomerang. But, you know, the more we got into it, we're like, no, no, you know, we, we need to integrate these businesses. We will, we'll go faster. We'll create more ROI for our clients. Um, it, it will be better, but I mean, those things are never as easy as you want them to be. And, 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 you know, while the, the product part of integrating these partners has been magical. We feel like we've got something really special in the market you know you know the people side of that is always tough and then we are also coming into a really you know, difficult brutal marketplace uh which you know brings opportunity and it also brings struggle
0: absolutely so as you went through that that first year after the acquisition and the the mortgage industry is you know certainly not uh is used to seeing lots of m a the prop tech and the fintech world have, has been pretty acquisitive were there any did you hear anything back from your clients that they one they came to you and said, "Dave, I want to make sure you maintain this because it's really important to us"? Or any concerns or or opportunities that you that clients were voicing to you as you went through this um, integration process?
1: Yeah, no, I mean it was it was just extraordinarily positive. I mean, we have really both companies had really great relation have great relationships with our clients, and they were happy for us. Uh, yeah, I can't recall anybody like, Hey, I want to make sure this, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there were, there, there became questions, um, you know, are the contract going to change, you know, uh, you know, very clerical things that, but we were driving those conversations. Those weren't from the marketplace and everybody was fired up. I mean, sales boomerang had built a really great brand, we had a lot of um, recognition when we had talked to people and, and they were excited about it. And we had a great brand and the boomerang people were excited about it. so. Um, that part of the transaction was was just awesome, and no gotchas or issues.
0: You mentioned uh, the the rich amount of data that you have in this combined business. And that was one thing that stuck out to me in the interview with with Dave Lick and Alex talked about how there's not not just data um, on like the on the the marketing and sales process, but also like which loan officer might be most effective for different types of loans. Can you go deeper into the data you're referencing and, and like kind of specifically, like what, what have the two businesses been able to aggregate over time and and how, how is that activated activated today? And is there a vision for how that activation evolves?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we do think the way the mortgage industry, we think everybody in mortgage, like there's, there's no one in mortgage that is a peer to a Target or a Facebook or an Amazon or an Apple, or you name a, a big consumer brand outside of mortgage that is like, wow, they're really using data in a very profound and um, almost disruptive way. Like there's no one doing it. So I think at this point, you know, what we've learned is how the, the, the ocean is even bluer than we thought. Uh, because the industry is is just in this data trigger one hundred and one phase, where um, and and so we're you know we've, we've we're in beta you know with some big players to um, figure out how to roll up and roll out some of these other concepts that um, are applying practices that work in other industries in the mortgage, and that part of our business is in beta. And, and we're on a very selective basis, you know, inviting, you know, clients that are already using both mortgage coach and sales boomerang. Like we decided that in order to, to innovate, you know, they, they needed to be big enough to have the resources to innovate and they, they need to already, you know, really respect and understand both mortgage coach and boomerang. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in beta on that part of the business, but I would just say personally kind of sobering just how far behind our industry was like i knew as an innovator like wow there's an opportunity to to really do something different and profound but you know it it's it's even it's exciting
0: this you mentioned the the market we've navigated over the last year and kind of this wild drop off in volume of we as we've seen rates rise and inventory constrained you know one of the the hopes for a slower market after 2021 the first quarter of 2022 is that people would have time to focus on implementation and innovation in their, in their business models. Are, are you seeing that in the the lender sphere right now where, where lenders are pri- prioritizing how how can we build better, more efficient business models or did the change happen too fast?
1: Yeah. Well, I think where we're at in the market right now, um, I can't remember what interview who brought this up. I, I'm in mean, Graham. I, anyways, because I've interviewed so many people, but like we're by 2025, there's gonna be the haves and the have nots in, in lending. And and we're already seeing, you know, some companies acquiring companies. And and, and you're starting to see those haves and have nots. And that the haves are investing. You know, like they are, um, we're still adding new logos at a you know pretty successful rate. We're still growing by it. Uh, it's pretty exciting, but but no, there's there's less people that are pulling back that are not investing than people that are. Um, now that's always the case, uh, but I do think in this market right now, you know, like those the line is being drawn. You know, who's investing now? Is it going to be too late if they? You know, I, I get Q one of 2023. Like I get being super conservative, and maybe that's not the quarter that we're going to roll. But I, I, have been a little surprised at the industry not being more proactive and it really like when it, something makes sense, um, driving it. And then I'm also surprised that lenders, but I've always been surprised that lenders don't bring more leadership to the sales force and don't, um, I don't want to use the word require because we are in a little industry and I do not think like you need to require people to, you know, dot here, cross here, dot there, but we should be using the same tech stack and we should be driving best practices um, more aggressively than we are in the industry.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've seen a few cycles, Dave, like, does this feel like, does this, do you think the surprise is warranted or do you think like we should have like known, you know, we, we saw um, the SNL crisis, we saw the dot-com bus, we saw the great financial crisis, like was the behavior pretty similar in, in those periods where, the the investment wasn't um you know wasn't people weren't focusing on the future but just focusing on like all right how do I navigate this this sticky situation the industry is going through.
1: Well, I'm now entering my 38th year in the business and have you know done this for 37 years and and I have always said that every time it shifted not not my first couple cycles but when it does shift it's always more violent. And more painful than you could have ever anticipated. And so I, 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 stand by that. And every time I've seen a pivot in the market or I've seen this, it's always, yeah, you know, it's coming, but you don't realize just how fast, just how brutal it is. Um, but again, when you see how fast rates, you know, have gone up, it's historical, you know, it's like, could anyone have anticipated that? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I'm sure someone could have, but I can't say, Hey, the industry could have done that. And at the same time when you when you have the kind of demand that that the COVID bubble created, you know, twenty twenty and twenty one, like of course lenders are gonna scale. I do think the big lesson though, um, for lenders is, you know, have have scale and flexibility in your model. The industry, we've been doing this long enough, The you know that it goes up, comes down, you know, it's a roller coaster and we, you know, we, we need to use technology so that we can scale. Um the only lesson that hasn't been learned yet is, is the power of database. You know, I'm still surprised that more lenders don't really make their database, um, you know, just like this is a core, strategic, valuable piece of our business and no offense to loan officers, but loan officers have feet and, and, and they, they can move. And so I think lenders, you know, they put more uh, priority around loan officers than they do around data. Um, now, we're a people first business, so, and I'm a people first entrepreneur, but I just feel like there's, there's a lack of priority for loan officers, and I talk about this all the time in my interviews, that, you know, they're too busy chasing the New Deal and not focused on database. That's the only thing that surprises me, that our industry still doesn't put enough priority around data. Hi, this is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief of HW Media, and I'm talking to Ed Messman, CEO at
0: Rook Capital, about their Shared Value Investment Program. Ed, how is Rook Capital creating new homeowners? Yeah, the Shared Value Investment that we created helps prospective new homebuyers by adding up to 25% to their down payment in exchange for an equity position in the house. By doing that,
1: you effectively lower the monthly cost of homeownership to a level that's affordable and within their budget. Thanks, Ed. And listeners can find out more at rook.capital.
0: The database like, should have long been a... A strategic advantage for for depositories like having the the sticky relationship of the the consumer checking and savings account and all the other cross-sold products and like you know that, that cap that captive audience yet depositories you know have kind of whipped in and out of mortgage just as fast as the whiplash we've seen in the the independent mortgage bank ecosystem so like i I wonder how much of like maybe it's not using the data the the right way or not being committed to the product, which might be really kind of more the depository um factor there, but have we thought about that like how data and like customer relationships differ across like the i m b and the depository business models?
1: No yeah, of course, um and we have a lot of the depositories and you know are are trying to bring on a it, but both both housing is so transactional. And its focus I mean when you really look at how the technology stack is built it it's built around being able to take a loan through a loan manufacturing experience that's compliant and that can be sold on the secondary market like it's not it's that is how our industry and that's how our tech stacks are built they're not designed around a consumer experience you know how do we how do we help a consumer make an informed decision how do we help a consumer um, get into sustainable debt um, and and there has to be a balance so I mean of course like it has to be compliant of course it needs to be saleable but I do feel like um, both depositories um, and lenders if they could elevate you know like okay we got to have a great transactional platform but if we got more consumer first you know like we created a consumer first experience uh, let's just say there's a massive Opportunity, and again, we're going to try to help lenders do that, deliver more personal value, and and, and turn it into competitive advantage. Because I don't think depositories are doing it. I do not think IMBs are doing that. I don't think you know. I don't think anybody in lending is really doing that, aside from very specific loan officers that are very you know high touch, high tech. you, you do have some loan officers delivering the model of the future, but you really don't have lenders doing that at scale. It, it, but that will change. By 2025.
0: As lenders learn to implement the tech and use the database the right way, how does that change the relationship between the lender and the originator? Do you think there's a, a stickier relationship or a less sticky relationship? Like if we, if we run a really fast forward 10, 15 years into, into data evolution, like h- how do you think that relationship evolves between the employer and employer?
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I know, I mean, I get, text I, I got a text I, I put it i think i put it on um linkedin a couple days ago where a loan officer was leaving a, co- a company and and i'm not going to say this because it's self-serving but it, i mean it is they they said they were e- texting someone saying hey you know i am a new opportunity and i want to i want to work for a you know a mortgage coach um, culture and company I, i'm not making that up i mean it, it happens um but my my point with bringing that up right now is I do think that when lenders really turn data into dollars and they really have tech stacks and a culture around a tech stack that truly helps a loan officer make more money and, and have a more consistent, um, business, you know, and you, you do that through data and technology. Like they're going to have, they're going to, they're going to recruit loan officers more easily and they're going to retain loan officers more easily because the loan officer is going to think twice before, um, Switching, you know, like right now, um, what keeps loan officers at one company is one, the pain of switching and, and two, the quality of their direct leadership, you know, the culture and leadership. Like those are the two, you know, avatars that drive people to move. And of course, pricing matters, but, but let's face it, you know, people, loan officers aren't just tasting, Oh, I need the lowest price because prices, is, you know, it's always changing. It's like a falling knife. Uh, but I do think it, you know, for the lenders that really get the tech stack right, and they build cultures around that, they're they're going to be a magnet for talent, and and talent will be less likely to move, and talent will have less options, uh, even if they you know aren't completely happy.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. So building the culture around tech, I think, is a a topic that um you know hasn't had enough light shined on it yet. And I think one of the things that you talked about in Tim Rahim's podcast is that some of the new o- loan officers don't get it. They've been in this this hot refi market where business was pouring in uh, for the last several years, and the seasoned loan officers forgot it. So when you think about Another, you know, another haves and have nots, another bifurcation in the market, these two different categories. H- how do you build a culture around data and technology for loan originators, uh, th- that actually is, you know, next century facing?
1: Well, the, the part in that conversation with Tim, uh, which by the way, great podcast. Shout out to Tim for a great interview. Uh, but, but I was really speaking to, um, creativity and curiosity and we are in a market and i do think you know like i think that this is not just another year in the mortgage space i think when rates when, when eight trillion in mortgage debt was done and the rates two percent and three percent and i personally think it's unlikely that we're going to see two percent and three percent again and i hope we don't because if we do there's some really bad things happening in our economy
0: oh Dave, that's a that's a tough prediction. I've, I've said I've been pounding the table. I hope we never see that again, because it means we're in quarantine, lockdown, global pandemic, world war three. Like you're, you're basically calling for a bank crisis if we see twos again.
1: No, we don't want to see that again. So, but, 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 but by the way, sixty three percent of every mortgage in America today starts with two or three percent, and so this, you know, this kind of refi, like for thirty seven years I've been in the business, you know, purchase is door Star and the Avatar, but there's always like some, this refi business that comes and goes. It's like, it's not going to happen. So you need to be an advisor. Um, you know, we're not in this, you know, vanilla and chocolate market that we've been in where it's just really simple and it's like, oh, do you want the 30 year with no points and 30 year with a point? Uh, like, like seller buy downs, 2 1 buy downs, um, points versus no points. Uh, there's just a lot of strategy involved and creativity involved in, and I think I said the, the new loan officers, they don't know what they don't know. And experienced loan officers forgot about advice and creativity in lending. And, and so, um, now the cool thing is technology, um, you know, mortgage code, home buy, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, um, strategy that can go into helping a family make a better decision. And I do think that they'll be have and have not you know, mortgage professionals that are great advisors, that are data driven, will absolutely take market share from those who aren't. And and by the way, that's happening right now. Like market share is is shifting in the space. And and I've seen it, like I've interviewed loan officers that are actually not now. You know, Denise Donahue in your backyard, uh she had a great year last year. I mean she closed like over seven hundred loans.
0: I've met a few originators here in Dallas who are on track for record years and there's a different approach. There's a different strategy. They're data
1: driven mortgage advisors and they're also using social media. They're building, they're building brands. They're leveraging this, this, this new era that we're in.
0: Yeah. So we just last week we dropped our, 2023 real trends rankings for the top, um, real estate brokerages and franchises and and continue to see the, the trend of consolidation of, of market share. Um, and I think when we drop our agent and team rankings in a few months, we're going to see that same consolidation of market share to the, the best and, and most productive. We've, we've talked a little bit about this, uh, this thesis that this isn't a market built for dabblers. Nobody needs advice from a, a part-timer and uh, the industry can be better for for flushing out some of the part-timers. I haven't seen the data yet, but we're sensing the same thing happening on the loan origination side, not just a consolidation of market share with certain top lenders, but also a consolidation of market share with the most productive LOs. So let's talk about what you're seeing with some of the, the most productive LOs. And you've, Dave, you've pounded the table on the value of financial education and, and how, how knowledge attracts and using knowledge in the, in the sales process. Can you, for someone who hasn't started that journey yet, like where, where do they begin? Like where does the LO begin with taking steps toward doing the activities that the true top originators are doing?
1: Well, I, am going to selfishly plug our, our YouTube channel, uh, that it, it is a great resource to, um, you know, hear from loan officers that have made the shift and that are what I call data driven mortgage advisors.
0: This is the new trust engine YouTube channel.
1: Well, so we, we have two channels now. So we're, we're keeping mortgage coach, uh, you know, Netflix for loan officers, loan officer best practices. You know, I'm interviewing loan officers that are, you know, they've made the shift and they're doing things the right way. And then the Trust Engine YouTube channel is um, going to be executive leadership. Um, I'm, a, I'm I'm calling it modern leadership for lenders. And I'm hoping to get you on there and do an interview with you. But I'll be interviewing CEOs and industry leaders, you know, like Clayton Collins. And I, I interviewed um, Steve Jacobson from Fairway. Uh, that should, I think, go live next week. Uh, and then I'm also going to interview people from outside the industry. Um, but, but to answer the question, I mean, I, I have built my career um, and everything good that's ever happened to me. It happened from mastermind. It happened from best practice sharing and learning from, you know, people that I like to be around people that are willing to be transparent with, you know, what's working for them. And, and, and to me that, that, is what you need to do, whether you're watching this and you're new in the business, whether you're super successful in the business, you know, I, I think and I love what you do. I mean I, I know that uh, doing that type of peer group learning is is really foundational to you. But but that's that's how you do it. You know, you, it can, every market changes. And um, again, you want you do want to find people that are um, growing and evolving and they're they're going to be in the house because there is a have and have nots. Um, and then, and then I also think we need to learn from outside the industry. You know, you, you you do need to think about how how does Amazon use data, and and what can we learn? You know, it's one of the reasons why I I love every time I get on the phone and interview Scott Brown, uh, former futurist of Intel. Like I'm learning, like hey, this is how we need to evolve in housing to to crush the future. By the way, you should have him speak at one of your events, Scott Brown.
0: Speaking of event speaking, we actually have uh, D- Dave Licken speaking at Gathering of Eagles this summer. We, we saw last year, we saw just a massive increase in interest in, from the real estate brokerage audience and, and core services across the board, mortgage specifically. And um, we're, we, you know, we're starting to see some brokers like uh, launch mortgage brokerage shops and, um, and even look at some M&A. So Dave's going to talk about M&A and the, the mortgage industry and try to educate that, that other side of the audience. Um, did I hear in, did I hear in his podcast that, that you and him are in a mastermind together? Yeah. Yeah. We've,
1: we've been in a mastermind. It's called 7A and, uh, Alex is it it, boomerang and mortgage coach, but we've got, um, I don't know, seven, eight, uh, leaders, you know, that we all, um, sell fast technology to the mortgage space. And we've, we've been meeting for years. I mean, I don't even know how many years, like, Four or five years, um, you know, we did an on-site outside of Austin. Uh, I think I can't remember if it was early 21 or late 2020. Uh, it's called the Seven Day Group, but yeah, we're we've been in a mastermind for quite some time together.
0: All right, very cool. He's a he's a smart guy to learn from. I'm sure, there's some other smart minds um, in that room.
1: Oh, I mean, he's it's it's it's
0: awesome having him as part of that group. Cool. So let's, let's come bring it back to the, the originator for a minute. I really do want to, you know, kind of start at the ground floor on, on best practices you you've seen in knowledge sharing. I know you're very active on, on social Dave. And, you know, I, I see originators like taking completely different, approaches to educating their sphere of influence on, on what's happening in the housing market. Are there any kind of best practices or, or even like worst practices like that you see in this make you cringe and wish you could coach that person on, on how they're sharing information with their, their sphere of influence. And um you know, I it's, you watch some of this originator content on on Instagram and and TikTok. I say TikTok. I'm not even on there. I didn't look at that. But uh, on Instagram, and uh, ultimately, uh, you it, it comes across that some of these originators are the first point of homeownership education that some of their audience members are getting. So it seems like a really important thing to do right.
1: Yeah. Well, the 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 worst practices are not having a you know kind of a playbook that you're delivering a consistent experience for a family, and unfortunately. Uh, I do think, um, the majority of originators don't have a playbook. Uh, you know, it's spring home buying season. You know, I don't know exactly when you're going to release this podcast, but I mean, this is like the first inning to spring home buying season right now. Uh, and, and, and it's a nine inning game and, and it is the game when it comes to purchase business. So we're in a purchase market. Uh, we're in the first inning of where 70% of all mortgages will be done in America. So, so having, uh, spring home buying, uh playbook and and this spring is different than last spring and that spring was different than the spring before like literally you know maybe no i even 20 2020 and 21 were different because 2020 is when covid just hit and we were you know like it was very different than 2021
0: we were frozen if we did this conversation in 2020 we, those birds chirping in the background would have, no, I hear the birds chirping, but like if we did this in 2020, the market, we would have been talking about our loan originators and essential service. Our real estate agents allowed to host open houses. That
1: would have been what we would have been talking about three years ago. Exactly. So, so like literally every free home buying season is, has very different nuances. And you know, the only thing that's for sure is it's, it's the same time, you know, it's January, February, March, it's March. And, and so it's the same time of year and, and every year, I'll leave it to you to do the data, but I think it's like 70% of purchase transactions take place between, you know, these, these six-ish months. Um, So this year, the trend you're seeing is that loan officers have bigger sales funnels. And, you know, it's not like people are just like, I'm getting pre-approved, we've got a house, you know, between the inventory issues and just the uncertainty people have, like you know, are rates going up? Are they going down? Are values going sideways? Are they going down? Like, they, you know, there's, you know, I, I interviewed Jeremy Forsier. He's got like a thousand people in his pre-approval funnel. You know, people that he's pre-approved, they qualify, and they don't have a home. Uh, now, that's a, that's, that's not just the, you know, six months worth of things. I mean, that's his perpetual pre-approval funnel. Um so, so, you know, I always say, like, in this market, you don't have a funnel. Make sure it's monitored. You know, of course, they can be monitored by sales boomerang so that you, you know, whose credit's going up, whose credit's going down. You know, if they're double apping you, uh, you know, you're, you're able to be strategic. Um, you're, you know, I, I don't know if your social media feed got filled up with date the rate, marry the house, uh, divorce rent, but you know, that, that's still a thing, you know, because the NBA is protecting rates to go down to, um, I think four and a half next year. And then there are some people in our industry saying they might go to four and a half this year. I mean, I don't know. That's not the space I'm in.
0: I, I fully believe in that that concept, but I think so much comes down to delivery. And the, now what I'm seeing in my feed is agents kind of making fun of themselves. Some of it making fun of themselves. Like, is this really consumer friendly content? But saying like, Oh, we've been telling you it's a great time to great time to buy and a great time to sell for the last six months. So which is it? And uh you're, and you know, it's a lot of mixed messaging out there.
1: <laughs> well, well the three, three words, I already said the word creativity and curiosity. And the third word is empathy. You know, like we, we need to have empathy and, there's no doubt I think our industry is very guilty of rent shaming. I think our industry is very guilty of, you know, selling, you know, yelling at people, you know, um about, you know, renting versus owning. And and so I I, I I say empathy. You know, when you when you have those conversations, it's always with empathy, it's always with curiosity. Um, you know, I think we all should be humble enough to like, I don't know what the future has to hold. I know what the past data looks like. I know what I, I believe it's going to look like. And then we always go to the consumer. What do you think? And, and our job as, a, as, as advisors should just help them make um, decisions. And, and we should put in best cases that families think. And then we should also put in worst cases that people think and just help them make a better decision. You know, like like our job should be to provide informed decisions and help people get clear so they can, you know, they can go from confusion to clarity. Um, and so that, that's all. I, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal where they were really picking on the industry uh, about the whole date the rate, marry the the home. And I thought it was pretty warranted. You know, like like I got it. Like, and I know the nuance because I know some really good loan officers that have that conversation with a lot of curiosity, empathy, and do it right. And I know that I probably know a lot less loan officers that don't do it with curiosity and empathy. Um, but getting back to where we're at in spring home season. Uh, I think the industry, you know, we can be data driven and, and then help families make that choice in a data driven way. Again, I, I have to do it because I'm Mr. The guy who founded Mortgage Coach, but I do not think here's your rate, here's your payment, and here's your cash to close is enough data for a consumer to make an educated decision. You know, I think they need options. I think they should be looking at, you know, this is what they're at today think optimal blues optimal blue mortgage market index is six point six today for jumbos today. That's in our rate watch app. And and I do believe they will probably go for sure into the fives and possibly into the fours. And that should just be a conversation. It should be something that's considered.
0: Are you talking to loan originators, how to tie out that rate conversation with what happens in inventory and the supply demand equilibrium. So like with this will drop, we're recording this um, on, on Friday. So this will drop next Thursday. So this, this past week's data from, from Altos research is showing 414,000 single family homes on the market. That is more than we had in 2022 and 2021 but we're still significantly below. So this time, this same week in 2017, it looks like we're about 820, 815, Um, 2019 around that 800 level, uh, 2018 just below 800,000 homes in the market. So like we're, we're like half the inventory that we've seen in our more recent phases of, of, of market health. Now, I think one of the things that get that's you know not doesn't scare the mortgage people doesn't scare the real estate people scares the housing economics people is what happens if if rates do trickle back down into the 5s and god forbid the 4s and we have 414,000 houses on the market and what does that do to HPI what does that do to competitive scenarios? And um, I have some of my my favorite. I, I love following the loan originator accounts. I like seeing how they translate like the information and, and like news that we're covering into into like advice for their for their clients um but i do see i think i'm seeing some good advice that like if we do see rates come down like we're going to be back in that scenario that we were in in 2021 where homes are going over ask and we're in like multiple offer competitive bidding wars
1: yeah they're going to be doing the how to win it i mean like you know you're it, again i've built my career on the tagline that my advice makes a difference Uh, as an originator and I've, you know, really spent my whole adult life as an entrepreneur just trying to be that guy whose advice makes a difference. And, and, and it always changes, you know, like in this market, it is, uh, helping people make that data driven, uh, decision based off of the likely scenario you painted. And then when, when it curves, there'll be a different piece of advice. And so kind of getting back to like have a playbook, uh, you know, have strategies. Like if you're listening to this and you're an executive at a mortgage company, make sure you've got your, you know, you know, your tech stack, you know, your model. Um, do you have a playbook? And then are are you training your loan officers on how to, how to gain market share and how to, how to win in this market right now? And, and if you don't have a playbook, then I think that's not the right answer. You know, like have a playbook and do training around it.
0: Dave, we talked so much in this Podcast, the Housing News Podcast series about the the bifurcation of performance, the bifurcation of lenders, and this episode we brought in the haves and the have-nots concept. And I think it's it's really important not just to talk about there are going to be some winners and losers, but talk about the tactics that will help create the winners and and give people fighting chance at being on the the right side of this market. Dave, can't thank you enough for for joining us today, sharing sharing your expertise, giving us another glimpse behind the scenes at what you and your team and your partners and the new executive team at trust engine are building. I'm so excited for you guys. Well, I love what you are doing. I love the, the platform you've built for all of housing, you know, not just mortgage, but
1: real estate um, in all categories. So thank you for everything you do. So love to be part of what you're doing.
0: Calling all mortgage title and insurance leaders with interest rates, shutting down your refinance business, your relationship with your real estate partners is more important than ever. HW Media wants to help you deepen relationships and find success in this competitive purchase market by inviting you to attend Gathering of Eagles. Real Trends Gathering of Eagles is the real estate industry's premier event, bringing together leaders from the most successful brokerages in the country. For the first time ever, this closed event is open to our full audience. Check out the show notes to find out more or head over to Realtrends.com to purchase your ticket today. Bam. Now that is a wrap of this week's episode of the Housing News Podcast. Do me a huge favor and go to iTunes and rate this show. And if you leave a comment, you better tune in next week because you might get a shout out. Thank you.